Welcome to the SCD-Specific Carbohydrate Diet Podcast. If something has been eating at you or eating at your gut, then I have good news for you. The Specific Carbohydrate Diet, also known as the SCD, has helped countless people with a wide variety of health issues improve their quality of life. It's also a great way to eat if you just want to go grain-free or stay away from processed foods. Here, you'll find interviews with SCD experts as well as everyday people who actively follow the program, and you'll get tips to help you enjoy living the SCD, including resources, recipes, and more. I'm your host, Lee Bernstein. I live with gut issues. I live with autoimmune issues. And after trying many nutrition protocols, I found that the SCD is what works for me. If that's the same for you, or if you're looking to find out if it is, then let's enjoy living SCD together. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. Nothing on this show is ever medical advice. I'm just someone who's thankful that the specific carbohydrate diet works. I'm thankful that it's given me my life back, and I'm especially thankful and excited about being here with you today. So if you're ready, let's begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the SCD Specific Carbohydrate Diet Podcast. Today, we are welcoming back Dr. Ali Arjamand. You might remember from his previous interview on the show that he is a nutrition scientist, an entrepreneur. He's a mission-driven business executive. He's the founder of Modula Health. He has had Crohn's disease. Well, actually, he's been a Crohn's disease patient for over 20 years. And he has published findings in gastroenterology peer-reviewed journals. His biography goes much deeper than that. I am going to publish it on scdforme.com. Please go to the podcast link there and you can see everything about him. It's quite impressive. He's going to be talking about a number of things today. Of course, the specific carbohydrate diet. Also, Dine CD, which we've addressed here on the show previously. You'll hear more about it as we go along. He's going to be talking about eating SCD legal but whole foods. After being on the SCD diet for some time, he decided to test his body, try some whole foods that aren't legal on the SCD program, but are still very healthy foods. And then he tested his body again, as you will hear, to incorporate those foods into his diet. I think you're going to enjoy hearing about that. And he's also going to be talking about something new that he's developed. It's called My SCD Protocol. Now, I want to tell you about My SCD Protocol, but before I do, I want you to know that this podcast does not receive financial benefit at all from this offer. And I'm just telling you about it because it might be information you want to know. As part of an effort to make MyCD protocol more accessible to IBD patients, and also people that don't have IBD, like me, maybe you have celiac disease, you have other gastro problems, it's there for you. Dr. Arjaman is offering a limited time offer for listeners of this podcast. What you want to do is enter SCD for me as the coupon code to receive an additional $100 discount on my SCD protocol. That's his SCD protocol, but he calls it my SCD protocol. Uh, that's on top of the current offers he's already 
offering to people. So basically, you get lifetime access to his program for a one-time $98 purchase. The way to sign up for it, and we will have this in the show notes also, is to go to ibdnavigator.com slash membership slash packages. And when you put in the coupon code scd for me it's the same as the website. It's S-C-D-F-O-R-M-E. That's what you need to know. So I know you're excited to begin. So am I. Let's get started. Welcome back, Dr. Arjuman. Oh, it's great to be back, Lee. I'm so glad to see you again. It's really great to have you. You know, it has been a long time since you've been on the show. And you have been, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this interview today. There's so much to talk to you about. You've been very busy since then. Give us, before we begin with the questions, give us a little bit of a recap of all of the wonderful things you've been doing. Oh my goodness. Well, thanks for inviting me back again. I'm kind of laughing that it's been two and a half years. It seems like a world away, but so much has happened to all of us since then. That had, that was the time when, you know, we were all adjusting to the pandemic. And uh, actually, this is before the pandemic hit. I was running my clinic and managing patients, managing myself, uh, doing full force SCD and uh kind of trying to support life as you would expect. Since then, of course, a lot has ha- happened. Uh, as you would expect, my clinic went all virtual, so all telehealth. And uh, people have been reaching out to me for that kind of support, general IBD and diet, as well as uh, SCD support, which is my kind of standard intervention is where we start with. So all in all, things have been good. Uh, we've been managing uh, where things are and looking forward to a good spring coming up in 2022 here. And uh, things hopefully looking much better. That's, that's where we are. That's good. I like the positive outlook. Now, for those of you that are listening that haven't listened to the first interview, I will link to that in the show notes because there are, I'm sure, some things that he'll be talking about in this interview where if you have the other interview under your belt, it's going to give you an even deeper understanding. The incredible work that you've done with a specific carbohydrate diet um, community is amazing. And uh, so let's start with that. Let's talk a little bit about where we are right now with the specific carbohydrate diet and irritable bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome. So what are some trends you're seeing? What's happening with the specific carbohydrate diet these days? Well, as as probably everybody's aware, there's been more research that's been going on through uh, the GI community, GI-led research, clinical research, uh, the produce and Dine CD studies which were just uh, ongoing the last time we spoke, they are now uh, concluded and published, presented at conferences. Uh, I've uh, read through them, plowed through them, dug into all the findings. We can talk about that. Uh, In general, the findings are quite positive and affirm that diet is a positive influence on IBD uh, and intervening with diet, it should in fact be part of the regimen. Um, so this is a bit of a different change. I was just looking at it in my head, uh, Lee, you know, about 20, 30 years ago, the message was that diet has no, is not a factor in IBD. Mm-hmm. I just flat out, it doesn't cause it. It doesn't help it. Uh, ignore diet. 
in the last 10 years, uh, it's become apparent and hard to refute that diet is an influencing factor in IBD, <clears throat> both on the causal side um, and also on the recovery side, you know, what you should be working on diet as part of your IBD plan. Uh, and it, uh, some of that goes to how much fiber you might be consuming in the past. Uh, low residue diets were the standard recommendation, if anything. And now we're finding that, of course, fi fiber is a key f uh, factor and introducing it at the right time in the right manner is, is the right approach. Um, so the trend has been, you know, 20, 30 years ago, diet is not an influencing factor. Ignore it. Um, we don't know what causes IBD. And now, about 10 years ago, it's again becoming apparent that, yes, indeed, diet is an influencing factor and it should, uh, you know, we can't ignore it as a, as a part of a recovery. But the debate was, well, what, which diet, right? Is it the Mediterranean? Is it lo low fiber, high fiber, SCD? You know, it just became a bit of a mishmash of what to do next. Um, and now, uh, with recent evidence, you know, SCD keeps coming up as a strong, positive effective intervention in IBD, all right? And that's that's very reassuring, uh, and we can dig into that a little bit. Uh, and the pushback right now seems to be in the IBD care community, this is both with the GIs and the dietitians, is that, uh, okay, diet is, is an influencing factor, SCD is effective, but don't do it because uh, you'll mal you'll go malnourished. You'll lose weight. It's it's uh, it's too much of an elimination to handle. And That's so we still don't out there. It. That th mm. there's still a lot of people that feel that it's a malnourishing, huh? It's 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 the current pushback. Unfortunately, is okay. We can't deny that diet is the influencing factor. We can't deny that SCD is a potentially powerful, potent intervention. And so the pushback now, unfortunately, is. But if you do it, you're going to malnour go malnourished. It's elimination diets are hard to do, hard to do right, and you'll end up putting yourself in a worse spot. Now, there is some truth to that, and you can, with any elimination diet, go the wrong uh, direction. Eliminating too many things, too much for too long, of course, will set you back. Um, but what's ignored is that a lot of IBD patients already are eliminating a lot of foods just out of their own self-management of the disease, you know, uh, eliminating various ingredients just to stay low on symptomology, you know, managing cramping, diarrhea, bloating, what whatnot. So there already is a high prevalence of elimination and managing symptoms through diet uh, reduction, diet elimination. Um, so I, I refute that argument. I, I, I think SCD specifically has so much track record, and, and now we can talk about you know, proper ways of introducing it to avoid um, risk. Uh, but uh, the, the um, debate and the discussion right now, Lee, is uh, how to introduce it, uh, who's appropriate for the diet, um, what does it mean in terms of your lifestyle? What changes are you going to need? What kind of support do you need? And what to look for as you introduce the diet and advance forward. So I think the patients are actually, you know, the folks who follow this uh, podcast, the folks who are on board with SCD have been leading at the forefront of this uh, for decades, actually. And the, the researchers have just affirmed through trials that indeed 
it is effective. And now we are still, as patients, forging ahead. And um, there are certain GI clinics, certain GI doctors who are matched, you know, joined at the hips with all these patients, following along, supporting. And there are still some um, pushback on diet in general, SCD uh, versus other diets. Um, so I'm not really interested in debating all of that. I just want every patient out there listening right now to feel that they don't need to get caught up in the debate and to feel that they are in charge of their plan and feel confident that if, the, if they're so motivated to go ahead and seek help, uh, find the right support structure in, at home and with their p- providers and plan um, and launch into a diet intervention. And the one that I've seen work the most and has the longest track record is the specific carbohydrate diet. And it is a nutritionally sound uh, diet. I know you said you refute you, you refute it, but just to make sure that everyone understands that if if it's followed correctly, it's very nutritionally sound. It's you know what's not nutritionally sound is the standard American diet. That to me is <laughs> that to me is the elimination diet of, of you know the mother of all elimination diets. The standard American diet it eliminates fiber. You know it eliminates nutrition nutrient fu- nutritious foods. It eliminates, uh, you know, whole uh, unprocessed foods. And what it leaves is, you know, highly processed, refined grains, poor, low nutrient dense uh, consumed foods, uh, sodas, you know, you name it. So to me, the Western diet is the elimination diet. And what we're doing with SCD is actually reintroducing those nutrients that are lacking. And um, of course, initially with SCD, there is a start stage where we, we go through a pretty hard elimination stage um, and quickly ramp up as symptoms allow. Um, so you're right. It, uh, once you are moving forward with SCD and are introducing the right foods back in, uh, it t- it's completely an expansive diet. It's not an elimination diet. It's an expansive diet. And by the time you're halfway through SCD, uh, you know, it's it's my experience with a lot of people I've supported. They're now eating much more uh, diverse set of foods, highly nutritious foods, uh, higher higher calories, higher protein, higher fiber than they had ever done. You know, in the previous years. And my experience, Lee, when I when I was doing SCD, you know, within a year, I was consuming. Let's just pick on fiber. I was consuming more fiber in one day than I probably had in a whole month or a whole six months before I launched into SCD. And that's what you want to see. You want to see that expansion. Now, you were on the specific carbohydrate diet for a few years, correct, before you started branching out a little bit with other foods? I uh, Yes, I, I started in February. Actually, it's five years to the day this month. February 2017 is, uh, I remember to the day, February 17th, 2022. Uh, 2017 is the day I started right away. It was like a light switch. I flipped into it and it wasn't a slow transition. It was just morning I woke up and I was doing SCD. And you had had Crohn's, correct? I had Crohn's. I had battled Crohn's for more than two decades. I had gone through two surgeries, two ileal and terminal ileum uh, resections, one in 2003, where they removed 50 centimeters, 
and one in 2015 where they removed another 30 centimeters. So those are two pretty intense surgeries, each requiring a lot of hospitalization and recovery time. Um, I had been on all the medications, um, starting with Pentassa, 6MP, uh, Remicade, Humira, Prednisone, Budesonide, um, uh, and TVO. Um, and, and I was about to go onto Stellara because nothing was working. Uh, inflammation was back even after my surgery. And, um, the sort of like the emergency light went on in my head at the end of 2016, where I realized after Stellara, there's nothing approved uh, in the pipeline of drugs. And if none of the others worked for me, what's, what's going to make Stellara work for me? And so... I, I literally hit pause. You can listen to the, our earlier podcast mm-hmm. for the sequence of steps. But I, I reached out to my GI doctor. I said, you know, I've done my thinking and I don't think um, this is the right approach. And I'm going to put 100% effort into launching into SCD and uh, supporting my needs and doing the, getting, getting the most out of it. Uh, I didn't know if it's going to work for me, but I, I knew I'm going to give it 100% chance. Yes. And and it was about three years that you were strictly following it? Yeah. So, I mean, within within a few weeks, I already could see improvements in my symptoms within, the, you know, that was February. By that summer, I was a completely new person already. I was on no, med- prednisone was the only thing that could carry me for a few months. I was off prednisone, off everything from, and have been since summer of 2017. So, um, medication-free, uh, steroid-free, hospitalization-free. I mean, I used to end up in the hospital at least once every year with some kind of an obstruction or partial or something. And so uh, I haven't, I've seen my GI doctor in person once a year. I do fecal calprotectin tests. Um, I've had a couple of colonoscopies. Of course, COVID slowed that down. Um, I'll be doing one this summer. Uh, but uh, I was full SCD as as much as you would um, define it, um, and I I, I actually come, uh, think of it as a dose. You know, like your medications, you you, you take a high dose or low dose medication. Um, I think of SCD as that same thing. So I'm I was on a high dose SCD. Think of it that way. Um, if some people are you know doing SCD but are doing some non SCD ingredients, maybe they're doing a lower dose SCD. Think of it that way. Uh, so yeah, I was on a full dose, you could think of it, full dose SCD for three years, almost no, um, you know, maybe a couple times here and there, I nibbled on something here and there, but um, I was seeing so much success and so much progress, I just wanted to give it the full um, full chance to, to not only succeed, but uh, continue the healing process, uh, which it did. And then um, to answer your question, Lee, at, at the end of three years, everything was just on, in such a good, stable place. My calprotectin was consistently low. Everything looked good. And almost out of curiosity, I wanted to know, all right, well, if if I've healed, right, if SCD does what it does, you know, reshape the gut, heal the intestinal lining, allow the mucus layer to reestablish itself, uh, I wanted to know in my new healed state, what can I do now? What could I tolerate now? Could I break possibly out of SCD? Am I, is it going to disrupt the, the stability? Uh, so I, almost out of curiosity, I reintroduced a little bit of rice. 
um, cautiously, um, just a f- you know a few spoons, and then waited a week, and then maybe repeated it again, and waited a week. This is just white jasmine, bo- you know, well boiled rice. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, it wasn't because I was desperate to eat something or was out of options. It was more, you know, is there an off ramp to SCD once things are in a good place? And so far, things have been really, really good. You know, I'm. Now rice is actually a, not a not a daily routine, but it's much more common to have in my diet. Um, I do have potatoes once in a while. I have even bread once in a while, right? It's nice, well-made sourdough bread, which sounds really out of place and and almost like high risk to some of you hearing this. And I don't want you at all to think that you you know you're ready for it, perhaps. But I think everybody should think that. Given enough time and given enough effort and commitment to allow SCD to its do its thing, this diet intervention, allow your body to heal. Uh, the other end of it, on the other side, the door opens again, right? To non-SCD, right? Now, it doesn't mean you go back to a standard Western diet and you have processed foods and pizza and, you know, who knows what. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's still very well made, well prepared, mostly homemade foods, but having a little bit of starch is perhaps possible, right? And to me, that is should be part of the conversation at the beginning, at the front end of SCD, especially with kids. You know, it's hard to tell a teenager or younger person, you know what, we're going to do this SCD and it's going to be for life. Like no more ice cream for you, no more pizza for you, no more bread for you, right? It's kind of a harsh thing. And um, in contrast, if you say that, you know, let's do this, let's give it time, it could be years, uh, and then see where we are on the other side, see when, you know, how much healing can help you, right? Uh, And uh, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think that's motivating for adults and kids to hear and become motivated to feel like this is, you know, SCD is not a lifelong sentence. You're not going to be doing this for the rest of your life. It's not a like such a doom or something like that. Now, some people do stick with SCD for decades and that's perfectly fine. It's it's up to everybody. But having, you know, for me, uh, that's pretty convincing that if you do SCD long enough and you can come out the other side with some expansion, again, I'm not going crazy. There are some SCD ingredients I still don't tolerate well. Um, so it's still a very customizable plan uh, and approach, but um, w- with healing and careful addition, uh, a lot of options become possible. That's I'm sure a lot of people are really going to enjoy having heard that because we do have a lot of a lot of people on the show and a lot of people in the SED community that just do not deviate from it at all, and they're very happy with that. It, One thing we talk about over and over again on this podcast is that everyone is different and we all have to find our own way. And with you having found your way and done it very scientifically too, knowing what you needed to look at biologically in your body to make sure that things were going well, thank you for that. Now, a little while back, you were talking about some of the studies, the big studies that have been done in food and irritable bowel disease. You specifically mentioned Dyne-CD. Would you refresh us as to what Dyne-CD is? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Dynacity is the study that I've, I've actually looked into much more closely. And so I'm happy to talk about it. It was a multi-centered um, randomized control trial. So it's an R RCT, what people call RCT, um, of a diet intervention. Uh, now, diet interventions are really hard to do um, in, as ge in general because uh, it's not like a pharmaceutical intervention where you, everything is in a mm -hmm. capsule or a pill and you, you either take it or you don't take it. So diet studies in, across the board, diabetes, weight loss, cancer, anything, you name it, um, are really hard to do and really hard to um, design and interpret. Uh, so keep in mind, I have a PhD in nutrition and I read these studies and I can interpret them. Uh, and in every case, any study is going to be kind of a compromised design. Uh, ideally, you want to have all the patients in a facility. You can watch them 24 hours a day and, and you know, monitor them 100% uh, of the time. But obviously you can't. So it's, it's already a compromise. So the next best thing is, well, how, how do you do it? How do you pull off a study? So in this case, this was a study design where um, I, I actually don't understand how, why it was designed this way, but it, it's, it was designed to compare two, two diets, kind of a head-to-head -head -head matchup between SCD and the Mediterranean diet. Now, SCD is pretty well defined. The Mediter Mediterranean diet is more loosely defined. You know, it, it's sort of like high olive oil. You can eat bread and grains. Uh, high fish, grains, you know, fiber, lower on the kind of red meat side of things. Um, but you get the idea. Um, but so the study actually enrolled patients uh, and uh, put them randomly on either a Mediterranean diet for six weeks or a SCD diet for six weeks. Uh, all the food was supplied for them, pre-made prepackaged and so essentially you just had your you open your freezer or refrigerator and microwaved your food and off you went everybody got the same set of foods in that first six weeks and the study participants were assessed for symptoms uh, self-reported kind of clinical symptoms you know the things you would expect to see um, and then they the ones who did have fecal calprotectin measured on the front end uh, on day one and at six weeks were also assessed. Uh, now, there were a lot of holes in the study. Not everybody had their fecal calprotectin measured on day one, so there was really nothing to compare to at six weeks. So we, we kind of lost a lot of data there. Some people did not have their fecal calprotectin measured on the at six weeks. So, you know, there's nothing to compare to. So, it was, you know, you start losing data this way. Um, so, I, you know, in some ways it was poorly executed um, uh, and it wasn't tightly controlled. Uh, and then uh, at that point, the, the subjects, the patients were allowed, the enrolled people were allowed to continue their diet, uh, but they had to make their own foods. It was no more you know, shipping and delivery of food. So the second six weeks, up to 12 weeks now, were followed and data was assessed again at that point. And so it, it, first kind of first challenge with this study is there's no control, right? No placebo or no control. You know, you're not really comparing the patients to another group of patients that would eat just whatever they feel like eating. And so it's really hard to gauge the value of each of these interventions uh, against a group that didn't do any intervention. So that right there is a bit of a um, challenging way to assess the outcome. 
and then, so what you're left with, Lee, is comparing uh, your status at six weeks to your status at zero weeks. Okay, the what you know, what does six weeks on this diet do to you as a patient, as a subject? And so that's what they reported. They showed significant improvement in all sets of symptom symptoms. So these are Crohn's patients, uh, cramping, bloating, all the things you would expect, uh, self-reported improvements. And then uh, of the subset of patients that they could match calprotectin, fecal calprotectin, which if you don't know, is a stool biomarker that reflects the level of inflammation in your gut. So it's a, it's a really good, reliable um, way of assessing inflame, inflammation. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And so again, with that calprotectin, they saw significant improvement in more than half the patients, just at six weeks, right? And so, when, when you're talking about half the patients, is it half the patients on SCD and half the patients on Mediterranean? Or, yeah, so all of the patients. So Mediterranean did the, as much value, had as much improvement and had, showed as much, call it success, as SCD. And so um, that's that's essentially what we're left with is we're, we're the, the um, kind of the news real story of this was SCD is no better than Mediterranean. That's kind of like how the headlines were reported on this study. SCD is no better than Mediterranean. Well, I don't know why they even asked that question. We want to know if SCD is better than what you're eating now, right? Um, you know, should you do SCD? Should you do Mediterranean? So the the net conclusion, and now this is just in a six-week stretch, um, it, the at 12 weeks, the SCD group continued its improvement even better than Mediterranean. And so it, that wasn't really highlighted in, the, in this publication, which I, th I think was a bit of a flaw. Uh, th there were certain parameters, long-term parameters, uh, that SCD actually did uh, quite a bit better than Mediterranean. Uh, so the net-net uh, interpretation, it's, all, it's a little bit squishy. Uh, the design limited how much you can interpret from this study. Uh, you certainly can't compare it to a standard diet or standard diet these patients were uh, doing. It was They were just comparing it to you know, SCD versus Mediterranean. And so the net-net is that both diets did well, and you can get rapid improvement both clinically and with calprotectin as a biomarker. Nobody had, you know, histology measured. Nobody had MRI or radiology or colonoscopy to assess this. So that gets a little expensive, I suppose. So um, what we can conclude is that, uh, you know, diet makes a significant improvement on the clinical symptoms either Mediterranean or SCD. If you go longer, SCD does better uh, on, the, on the calprotectin measurements, which are more objective, of course. And the authors concluded that SCD is too hard to do, so just do Mediterranean, all right, uh, without sort of really digging into a little bit more of the nuance and, and other aspects. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're deciding what to do, it is doesn't necessarily give you the full picture, unfortunately. Uh, the full picture is is much more of a long, longer term issue. Uh, nobody's saying do a diet for 12 weeks and stop. Nobody with SCD really thinks of a 12-week intervention. We think of it as you know, months and years even. And so nobody's ever studied SCD for that long a time. It's just been anecdotal and personal experience. 
Um, and the other thing, this is a pretty cr critical thing, Lee, is that because this was designed as a trial, uh, they standardized the foods, right? So you didn't really get to choose what you have for breakfast, lunch, dinner. It was decided for you and made for you. And I don't know about you, but I don't eat that way. I don't mm -hmm. decide what I want to eat until a day before that morning, all right? I don't know what I have a craving for, what I'm tolerating that day. And so it's a, it's a very um, misguided approach to do a dietary intervention with all the food pre-planned, pre-regimented, and in fact, not staged. So remember, a CD, you oh, want to start slow. Yeah, you want to start slow and advance forward. Um, well, in this model, this study didn't really reflect that. They just jumped right in with vegetables and other high-fiber foods, which may be fine for some, but definitely not how you want to do SCD in general. And so it, it's, it's, I would say, a highly compromised study, unfortunately, uh, it does have positive outcomes. It does show the diet is powerful and potent and can reduce all sorts of things in the right direction. But it doesn't really give SCD the full uh, kind of benefit of what it can achieve because it wasn't customized. It wasn't tailored on a day-to-day -day basis. And it wasn't staged from kind of introduction going forward. So... Um, there, you know, I'm giving you sort of my interpretation of all this, uh, but given all these sort of flaws, I guess you could call it, uh, it's still a very positive uh, outcome to see that in the GI community, in the clinical world, uh, diet is being discussed. Um, it does give clinicians a quick out if you are a patient and say, hey, doc, what should I do? I want to do SCD. It's kind of easy now for the doctors to say, you know what, um, why don't you just do Mediterranean? It's just as good, mm. and it's not, and it's not as hard, and it's good for your heart because you know cardiovascular is good for Mediterranean. So that that to me is kind of the downside of this is mm. you do, it's a kind of allows allows the clinicians who are not really interested in diet um, supporting patients with diet it allows them to get kind of an out an, an out to say uh, uh, you know don't do SCDs too hard just do Mediterranean and in six weeks you're going to be just as fine well mm -hmm. that doesn't really convey the full picture and I think if you're motivated and you want to really have the fullest impact uh, you really need to take a bigger step in my mind and do SCD first. Now, I, I like to call SCD the gateway diet to the Mediterranean diet, okay? Um, so think of it that way. SCD is the gateway diet to the Mediterranean diet. And as is as is as is proven in your example of yourself, because yeah, you are yeah. you are doing some things. Yeah. Now some yeah, foods. So it's if you're newly diagnosed with with uh, IBD and you're very low on the symptom stage and very light on the disease um, activity and very little damage in your gut, you may be able to uh, adopt a Mediterranean and hang in there uh, for quite a while, maybe forever. Um, but uh, most people kind of let the disease advance a little bit farther and the disease causes more damage and there's more work to do and you almost need a heavier intervention. 
you need SCD. And, you know, again, if you do it right and enough healing happens and we espouse SCD as a potent tool, it does allow that healing to happen. It does allow sort of reversing the clock on your disease. And you go back to a tissue status in your gut that was there, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, a lot of repair, a lot of healing, um, maybe better than you've ever felt, right? That's me for sure. Uh, and then at that point, you almost kind of earn the option to expand. And if you want to expand to the Mediterranean at that point, I think that's a, that's a fair path. That's a fair path. But it could be two, three, four, five, seven years out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so, th- so these, these need to be you know, discussed and internalized. And everybody's going to decide a different way. And everybody's going to have their own path forward. There is value in having... Um, these additional foods that the Mediterranean diet provides, unless you have celiac disease and are diagnosed with celiac gluten, you know, gluten, um, you should be able to tolerate bread. Like, I don't see why you wouldn't tolerate well-made, you know, well-crafted sourdough bread, right? Gluten should not be an issue. Um, Of course, you don't want to do it too early. You don't want to do it too much. Uh, But, you know, once in a while, if you want to have a slice five years from now, three years from now, uh, you should. So anyway, I think this opens the conversation up quite a bit. And um, there definitely will be patients who are going to stick with SCD. Great. More power to you. 10 years, 15 years. Great. I think you'll be fine. Uh, but if, if you are so inclined and you want to give yourself an expanded range of foods, there's definitely um, a future there that uh, lines up with both clinical expansion of your, your case and what the science is showing. So that's that's kind of a longer term discussion. There are some nutritional nutrient needs that we need to address with SCD um, because flour uh, in the U.S. Uh, refined flour is fortified with certain mm. um, water soluble vitamins. You can see that on the back of any every bread. If if you look at the labeling, it'll say enriched, right, or fortified. Um, so if we've eliminated wheat flour, which we do in SCD, uh, you're putting yourself at risk for those nutrient deficiencies. And one of them is folic acid, folate. Um, And so uh, when you do SCD and when you do it right, you want to just cover your bases and make sure that the nutrients that are found in other foods, in other non-SCD foods, uh, you're getting them from some other source. And in my case, that would be uh, a supplement, a, a, like a B-complex supplement would be a key key one to address. Excellent. And it, you have developed something called my SCD protocol, yes? Yes. Yeah, so Yeah, um, let's talk about that. So what is it? Why did you create it? Tell us the history. I, I want to hear it all. Oh, yes. So this is something, you know, you asked me what I've been doing the last two, three years. I, I've been busy working on Uh, defining and consolidating a lot of things I've been learning over the years, both from my own personal journey, uh, Lee, doing SCD. You know, I'm I'm a scientist and I like to level up my curiosity. When I was doing SCD that first six months, I was super curious what just happened. Like, why am I feeling so good? What how do you explain this? And so I, I dug into the research. I dug into as much science I could find. You know, while I was baking my SCD banana bread in the oven, I had a, you know, a, an hour to kill. So I'd go online and 
dig up as much info. And I did accumulate quite a large range of information, started putting the pieces together and started also working with SCD patients who were giving me feedback and so on. And so what I discovered is that um, there is heavy motivation to do SCD uh, from the patients, uh, but little in terms of resources, guidance, material, support, right? Now, we do have our online communities. We do have this wonderful podcast that you've been doing, um, Lee, and supporting the community. We do have Facebook groups. We, of course, have the Breaking the Vicious Cycle book. We do have blogs and recipe pages and even recipe books. But there was still quite a big gap in terms of, okay, what am I going to need to get started? How do I march forward? What does that staging look like? And how does that conversation happen? So the first year I was seeing patients in my clinic, I was spending, you know, a good hour just re re um, describing the whole backdrop. Like, what is SCD? How is it going to work? How to launch into it? What's your mindset got to be? How's it going to affect your lifestyle and all these things? And then once you're ready on day one, what does that look like? What does day two look like? What is week one, week three, week five? How do you expand um, in a customized way? I, it's not a prescriptive protocol. I can't give you the same um, protocol and recommendations I do with everybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's in a way like a GPS roadmap. Uh, you want to go from point A, which is where you are today, and you want to go to point B, which is you know wherever you define good health. It could be reduced symptoms, zero inflammation, no medication, avoiding hospitalization, more energy, you name it. So you define what point B is. And then I help you with all the tools and resources, the sort of like navigation roadmap, as well as sort of road signs, like turn left here, turn right here, uh, watch out here. Um, and then assessments. Okay, where am I today? Am I going too fast? Uh, am I going too slow? Because uh, this is a journey th that needs to be sped up or slowed down at certain times. And so um, I realized that I've been doing this with patients in clinic, face-to-face, -face, and all that material and content and knowledge can be packaged into a self-guided, self-implemented protocol. And so when COVID hit, Everything went virtual, everything went digital, and I started documenting and producing videos and tutorials and a platform, an online digital platform for people to, to essentially sign up and just do this on their own. So my SCD protocol is essentially that entire package. It's meant to be uh, a, a very resource-rich, guided uh, protocol for anybody to start learning about SCD, setting their mind, um, establishing their goals, establishing their limitations. There's a lot of self-assessment tools and forms that you do through an app and an, a web-based platform. And then um, gives you worksheets to start adjusting your kitchen and getting the right ingredients and then launching into four separate stages of SCD. And this is kind of where the help really comes in, is stage one is the elimination stage. That's what you might think of as the intro stage. We're just doing a few ingredients just to sort of reset the gut, um, but only doing it for about five or six or seven days, no longer. 
Okay, you don't want to stay there too long. And then the protocol uh, allows you to just click uh, forward and advance at your own pace and uh, open up basically stage two. And stage two is the reintroduction stage of all SCD ingredients, but sequenced in a methodical way so that you're not doing advanced, hard to tolerate ingredients too early. So these are baby steps that you take in a sequential process where the ingredients I've put together in order, these are all SCD ingredients, I've put together in, in, in a specific order for you to reintroduce in a specific order. And again, they're designed to be more tolerable and then you just advance as you grow with SCD. And that could be weeks and weeks and months and months of reintroducing dozens and dozens and dozens of SCD ingredients. And so the protocol, you just download um, the stage. Uh, it's a big PDF that's yours to keep. And it includes not only the sets of ingredients you want to do at that stage, but also how to prepare them and uh, matching sets of recipes. So breakfast, what does it look like? You know, give me some options for breakfast. What does snacks look like? What, what are some good options for lunch? Um, and then these recipes are one-page documents with prep notes, ingredients, um, nutrition values. So what does one serving give you? Uh, and then you can decide on your own how to combine the meals according to your preference, right? Again, it's not prescriptive. Uh, it, it allows you to mix and match. And then as you advance forward, I use an app um, that you get free access to. You sign up, get an account, and you, it, the app will help you log your symptoms, what's changing, how you feel about this symptom, what's improving, what's not improving. And, and by that self-reporting of symptoms, you get feedback on, well, now you're ready to go forward. Or maybe we should just stay here a little bit longer. All right, so takes the guesswork out and puts it all in some kind of a structured sequence plan. Uh, so uh, I, I tested this with, with a lot of patients, got some feedback, made some adjustments to make it more usable. And now it's available and has been since um, fall of last year fall of 2021 uh, for as an online tool. And I have patients running it. Um, some of them are doing it completely on their own. I don't get any contacts or any feedback from them. And some I support through a group um, call-in. So multiple times a, a month, I will log in as an audio, just an audio check-in. And whoever's following the protocol uh, can optionally um, this is not required, but optionally call in and say, hey, Ali, I'm doing, you know, I'm at this stage in part two and I'm struggling with tomatoes. I, I'm having a hard time reintroducing tomatoes. What's going on? And so we'll we'll dig into that. We'll troubleshoot. We'll find workarounds and we'll see what's going on. So th these are basically group support calls that you can optionally do. I think it's all about education and knowledge sharing. Um, there's a lot of peer-to-peer -peer support in these calls. Uh, so some people will just open up their mic and say, you know, I had the same trouble and this is what I did. And so that's really a way to encourage people to keep going, stay committed, uh, be motivated, uh, and then eventually peel off. Eventually, there, there's so much 
confidence and knowledge that you got it, like you are making good progress and so on. Now, all of this, um, and I'll pause in a second so you can ask me more questions. All of this is is documented, all these imp- information and assessments and self-reported numbers, even your own fecal calprotectin measurements over time are recorded in your own private HIPAA compliant dashboard, right? It's both in the app and in this dashboard. And if you need my assistance to guide you in a private session, we can have a half hour private call and I can just open up your dashboard and read everything you've been doing, even wow. logging the foods you've been um, submitting. You can log your nutri- you know, the foods you've been doing for the last week or the last three days. I have patients who log 14 straight days of their food. And so I can generate a report. What does that nutritional look like? How much protein are you taking? How much, what are the gaps? What's missing? And so we can definitely do more uh, personalized one-on-one consults based on the information I I'm um, visit. I'm seeing. I can log in and see what you're doing on your end, um, or you can just download that information and print it and share it with your own clinician, right? So the idea is to give you confidence that you're doing this SCD correctly. It's to give your GI doctor or practicing nurse or whoever supervising you confidence that. You're not just doing some random diet intervention with no visibility on what's happening next and where are we going first. So the idea is here to get the clinicians, your your the people who are taking care of you on the clinical side, to feel that um, there's a roadmap, there's a plan, there's a protocol, there's a history, uh, there's supervision, uh, and there's guardrails. So at some point, where do we call help? Like, is it too much weight loss? that's an alarm, you want to call in for help, is it struggling with compliance, whatever. And so it, it makes this kind of fall in line with the care supervision that patients want and care providers want to have. Uh, and I think it opens up this uh, collaborative approach to diet care. Now, I presented all this, uh, Lee, last week, actually, at the Crohn's Colitis Congress, uh, the 2022 Congress just happened last week. Um, I was presenting results from 87 of my IBD patients who signed up for this and used the protocol to launch into SCD and report their symptoms. Um, so I had summarized those results and presented it as I was planning to present it as a poster. And um, I was selected to actually give it as an oral presentation, which is sort of like a prestigious thing. It, you know, the, the, it was sufficiently interesting for it to be presented as a talk in the new technologies of IBD care section. And so my talk is available. I recorded it and shared it. If you, anybody wants to um, watch it, I'll give you the link so you can put it in the show notes. But the idea is that within 21 days, uh, you're, you're already seeing huge impact on your clinical symptoms. And then as time progresses, you can start comparing your cal- calprotectin and other other parameters that mean uh, significant clinical progress. And so that's kind of where we are. Um, to my surprise, I've had um, certain GI doctors reach out to me just since last week um, to say they want to learn more about this. They want to learn uh, how they can uh, in- recommend their patients to do it. Uh, and in, in a way, 
I think it's coming together nicely. It's it's that collaborative approach where the next time somebody asks uh, their GI doctor, "Hey, doctor, can I can I do a CD?" Um, they can say, "Do it," but you know, maybe don't go guessing on your own. Why don't you follow a, a more standardized protocol with lots of flexibility to customize it the way you want and collect data so that we can assess your body weight and your progress and your symptoms and so on so that everybody's comfortable how you're progressing on, on this intervention. So you know, that's kind of in a nutshell what it is. Um, I'll pause and let you ask more questions. It's just as I'm listening to this, I get excited because two, two things come to mind. One, uh, now I, I'm not a scientist, but like you, I love research and I really love digging into things and understanding how to do things. So when I started the specific carbohydrate diet, I just went research crazy and asked a lot of questions and I was lost a lot of the time. Uh, I eventually found the right answers, but it wasn't always the easiest thing. I'm very, very grateful for the SCD um, Association and for their Facebook page and, and all the help that it gives to the community. But not everyone is like that. First of all, not everyone wants to go through mistakes. Uh, and yeah. secondly, there are a lot of people out there. You know, I used to work years ago in the diet industry. And one thing I learned is there are tons of people that just, just tell me what to do. I don't want to have to read and reread all of this stuff. I don't want to have to guess at what the answers are. Just tell me what to do. And those types of people very often won't even start a new regimen unless they have that in front of them and they know ABC. Now, Breaking the Vicious Cycle is a phenomenal book, and it does give a wealth of information and all the things that you need to do. And for most of us, almost all of us back then, that's how we started and what we did. But to have it packaged in a way that you can do it with the scientific protocol behind it and not having to figure it out on your own, I think is huge. Um, and I, I can't even imagine the amount of people that could be helped by that. And the second thing is keeping a journal, keeping a diary, keeping records of everything you've been through. You know, when you first start, you truly believe that you're going, to, even though you might have brain fog, you truly believe that you're going to remember what you've done, what you've taken, the steps that you've taken. You don't. And to be able to look back and say, oh, okay, I was doing this and not that. Maybe that's why it was or wasn't working. And for your doctor to be able to look at it also, one of the biggest complaints that I have about myself is that I didn't take the time to journal and write everything down in the beginning. Why didn't I? Well, for one thing, it was overwhelming. But if someone was guiding me and telling me, this is what you need to remember, this is what you need to do, it would have helped so much. So thank you for that work. I, I can't even imagine the people that are benefiting from it now and that will benefit from it in the future. What, who, what, what are the patients that are using this that you're working with? Are you seeing mostly beginning people, intermediary? Are you working with other medical professionals that are following the SED and your program? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks for that feedback. First of all, it, it, it is a, it is a kind of a next stage of where things go. Uh, I mean, we are, we are in a heavily technology savvy place now, right? Uh, 
Breaking the Vicious Cycle book uh, was written in the 80s and had it brought a lot of information forward. So here we are in 2022 with digital apps and tools and resources. So let's take take advantage of them. So this app um, that is part of the tool set of this protocol allows you to document whatever you feel like documenting. Just sitting there on a couch, it's not too hard to just journal something. And, and imagine if you're a parent of a child, of course they're gonna love using an app and on their phone mm-hmm. and, and they can just continuously uh, report on their symptoms, how well they slept, how much you know, pain they have, um, what their bowel movements look like, what what time of the day, and so on. And then as well, do their food intake. So it, it brings all that into a centralized place where uh, at a minimum, you, you can look at it. Um, and more importantly, in six months, when things are a lot better and you feel you've come a long way, Lee, it's almost nice to go back and read, mm. you know, wow, that's what I was eating three months, five months ago, that, you know, I've come a long way. Like I'm now tolerating all these fruits and salads and this and that. So there's a little bit of that to it. Uh, and also, if you do need to pull back on SCD, there's, uh, you know, this sort of emergency drill that you can do. And you can do- document your own routine for, you know, two, three days if you just need to hit pause and kind of recover and and just kind of get back on your feet. It, it happens. It happens. And so the, there's sort of these routines that you can you can follow because you documented them and you know what to do. You even keep the ingredients on hand so you don't have to scramble. Uh, so that's that's kind of the short, short, short of it. In terms of um, have I you know who are who's doing this? It's uh, you know it's a range of a range of patients. Uh, a lot of them are adults because that's a lot of people who I see. But now more and more I'm getting adults of pa- pediatric patients. You know teens, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen year olds, really uh, taking advantage of the, this time where when their child is at home to do as much improvement, get as much success while their child is at home under their care. You know, when they turn 18, they may go off to college or something. So uh, it's now sort of like a perfect window to to make as much progress with diet and perhaps just put them on a really success path when they're 18, 19 to go off to college and have a little bit more flexible diet instead of a restrictive, you know, SCD or other thing they might have trouble doing. Um, and, uh, quite a few of, of the people who've signed up, uh, Lee, are all-time SCDers, like people who've been doing SCD for three, four, wondering. five years. Yeah, I was, you know, it is designed for those people as well. And there's questionnaire asks specific questions about them. But these are people who decided before I even did SCD to to jump in and and do SCD, but have not made the kind of progress they were expecting or are wavering on their commitment or are just putting their hands in the air and saying, you know what, I don't know, I'm, I'm just guessing, I'm just winging it here. And so they're doubling down and they're saying, you know what, let me start from scratch. Let me just go back to the beginning and do this properly. And so I would say a third of the people who've been doing this wow. are that kind, those kind of folks who've been like real pros, but are suddenly realizing that they misread part of the protocol or part of the introduction of the diet or skipped, to, like this is very common. They just skip the entire stages and just <laughs> do anything that's SCD legal, right? But that's not how you want to do it. So the, and even prepping the foods and ingredients, there's like a, an easy way to prep, like nut flours. You know, I, I you, you want to start with nut milk, right? You, and see what your tolerance is. And then you can start add nut butters 
right? And after a while, see how you handle that. And weeks later, maybe you want to add nut flour itself, right? So you don't want to jump into nut flours. And then down the road, maybe you just want to do the whole nuts directly, like just chew the nut itself, right? So, but you, you, there's, a, there's a process, there's an organized sequence, methodical way of doing it. Now, the other, um, so people say, like, no, I didn't do it that way. I just like, I didn't know there's an order to this. Um, others are brand new, brand new diagnosed people who are on day one, especially with COVID, Lee, um, are very concerned with what, uh, you know, the anti-inflammatory medications do, uh, or um, um, I'm not talking anybody out of doing medications. In fact, they, they should just to get a, a more accelerated recovery path. But they're homebound, like everybody we've been uh, isolated in a lot of ways and homebound, working remotely. And so the kitchen is just, um, you know, a few steps away. Um, we're not going to the office for work. So if any time is a good time to do a diet intervention, it's now right? Mm-hmm. Now things might change and hopefully things will expand and people can get out and get, get on with their life. But this is, the, this is the best time to really shape up and take care of whatever needs they can and, and accelerate their care. So that's the other third. And the other third is sort of like the last third is a, is a little bit of mishmash of different people who have sort of straddled the fence, uh, have, have wanted to do SCD, just didn't know what it's going to take or just just weren't quite ready or didn't have this tool like you're describing. Um, and then parents of, of kids who have IBD. So it's meant to cover all those subtypes of patients and and we will support uh, patients based on their needs. And so I fully imagine down the road, I'll be doing these call-in sessions, these call-in support calls um, for parents alone, like with their pediatric kids and just kind of focus on pediatric needs. And maybe another call on uh, people who are far along in SCD and just ready to break out. And so as, as time progresses, we can, um, I'm happy to uh, divide and conquer and sort of customize the solutions to what stage you're at. Thank you. I, we're going to have all of this information. I can't believe this hour has gone as fast as it has. It does. I feel like I've been talking to you for only 10 minutes. We're going to have all the information on how to find, um, the MySCD protocol, how to find the presentations that you've done on it. I will link to your previous interview. And in that interview, there's a ton of show notes that go along with it. So everyone will want to look into those as well. One, actually two last questions. My very last question is going to be, is there anything else you'd like me to ask you? But before that, now the world is getting to where we're recognizing and we're knowing that diet really makes a difference when it com- when it comes to digestive issues. I go to a doctor and the doctor still tells me that they're nope, diet doesn't do it. You just need to get on this medication. What would you say to a person who's confronting that? So it's not an uncommon thing, right? It happened to me as well. Uh, unfortunately, the way medicines practice, it's the 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 profession is divided based on sort of like 18th century thinking, like organ by organ. So you have different doctors um, ex- with specializing in different organs, right? Um, heart doctor, cardiac, you know, um, focusing on dermatology, skin, right? Um, neuro for brain. 
well, nutrition doesn't really, where, where's the organ for nutrition? Like there isn't, it's everywhere, right? Nutrition, it's everywhere. Nutrients. And so kind of by default, it landed in the GI world, like gastroenterologists sort of like, okay, we'll take nutrition. And maybe that's because like it's going through your mouth and digestive tract and liver. I don't know. Like we need, there isn't a National Institute of Nutrition, right? There's National Institute of everything else. So it's just, there is a macro problem here. And then within the medical training paradigm, uh, of course, nutrition doesn't get even a second of attention, right? Um, so uh, I wouldn't blame your clinicians, your physicians, your GI doctors for not being super interested and super motivated in diet. They just didn't get exposed to it, didn't have training, the data wasn't there. You know, lots of reasons, lots of reasons. So um, that's point number one. Point number two is, you know, uh, you are in the driver's seat as a patient, okay? You, it is your body in your life and you are essentially the customer and the customer is always right, okay? That's the way I look at it. The consumer, the customer, the patient. You are the one who's funding the, the appointment. Your insurance is paying the doctors. And so you need to, you know, act more, I think, um, more um, positively and more sort of in the driver's seat. Uh, and so drive, drive the plan, drive the intervention. Um, so if you do see, you know, diet is not, uh, you know, we don't have enough evidence that diet's effective. That's kind of going to be a very common response. Or I wouldn't do diet, it's not going to help you. Or uh, it's dangerous, you're going to, you know, put yourself at risk of nutritional deficiency. Uh, so, I, you know, I would say trust your instincts. Trust your gut feeling, literally, and go with what you think is right uh, and push back uh, and say uh, that you are heavily committed on a comprehensive, multi-pronged approach, which likely includes medication, um, close monitoring with your doctor, and uh, self-led, if they don't want to support you, self-led dietary intervention at home. Now, their concern is that you're going to go off and do something and, and mess up or put yourself at more risk. So I think my, my advice, Lee, is to make your clinicians confident that you're doing this without risk or managing the risk. So offer to give them weekly updates. That's what I did with my doctor, okay? Just maybe an email through the dashboard to your provider. They may not even read it. But just say, doctor, I'll be weighing myself every week and reporting how I feel. You may, if you're doing my CD protocol, you may download and PDF the that week's update and just post it to your dashboard. And so um, I think there's a way to sort of negotiate your way into collaborating with your doctor and, um, you know, be strong and be forceful and stand up for your uh, commitment to doing everything you need to do to succeed, all right? Uh, now, you may still get strong pushback and, uh, you know, almost like a roadblock um, to advance in that direction. And at that point, I think it's fair game to ask yourself if this is, this, this, this is the right partnership that you want to maintain with your doctor. Or are there better doctors that will work with you and work with your commitment to make this succeed? And so it may be shopping around and looking for 
uh, a better partner in your in your journey. So that's it's that's kind of my advice. It's not it's, uh, some people will be all all in and will will be very you know aggressive and and stand up, and some may just be a little bit more cautious. Uh, but I think you have every right to ask for what uh, you think is in, is proper for you, and and have a physician, a clinician that will support you every step of the way. Yes, yes. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about this time around? We really have to have you on sooner than two years from now. We have to make sure that you're keeping us updated on everything. Anything else you wanted to address? Um, just a quick note. Uh, I, I I did. Uh, publish or submit my own personal uh, three and a half year um, SCD uh, case report for publication. Uh, it, it it's now accepted uh, in an open access journal. I'll give you the link for that, Great. Lee, so Great. people can can download it. It goes into a lot of detail in terms of the case history and multiple calprotectin measurements, and and in fact, it does even uh, quantify the changes uh, that in me. Uh, to my healthcare, um, to my insurance provider. So what what did it cost to take care of Ali before SCD for a year? And what did it cost after doing SCD for a year, right? And the the, the drop-in cost is is, um, is dramatic. And I, I was able to sort of quantify that and hopefully start the conversation around insurance coverage mm. for dietary intervention, right? Because if the insurance providers support um, nutrition intervention and cover the cost of the consults or this protocol or even your foods, you know, imagine that, right. you know, right. shopping for six months, it's it's the best investment they could make. Uh, and it, it's, you know, one visit to the emergency room will, will cost way more than doing SCD for a year. So think of it that way. So that, that paper's coming out. And I'll give you the link, but I think I, my last comment is really I'm I'm really really encouraged to continue seeing the motivation patients have with stepping up and and learning, educating themselves, doing the groundwork, doing the hard work, learning, sharing, supporting each other, and really leading this effort. Really, re, uh, being at the front end of this, you know, you could literally call it a movement. And I think in ten years you're going to have a whole different way IBD care is practiced. Uh, it's going to be much more comprehensive, much more coordinated. Uh, it won't be a pure conversation around which meds and how do we adjust and how do we treat to target and how do we capture you know, uh, your, your, your response to this medication. It'll be much more comprehensive and much more effective. And so I think this is a really exciting time. And I think each of you who are listening to this podcast should feel that you are at the front end of this movement and you are leading at the front end and um, continue uh, being strong and continue committing to your health. And thank you for listening to this podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Lee. Oh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I am so appreciative of all the work you're doing and all the information that you've given to the listeners today. Like I said, we have to have you on again before too long. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much for being here today, Dr. Arjuman. My pleasure. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for being here today. In closing, I'd like to share something with you. As many of you know, it's been my policy not to accept advertisements from outside vendors. 
A lot of times I will give courtesy shout outs, but I don't exchange any money with anyone. However, podcasts are really expensive and I'm not comfortable asking people to donate to the podcast. If you you want to donate money, do it to the Specific Carbohydrate Diet Association. I'm not associated with them, but I do love them and they do wonderful work. However, podcasts are really expensive and I was just notified that the costs are going up. So I had to do something and I decided to drum roll, sponsor myself. (laughs) Anyway, there's this company called Beauty Counter. I love them. They were founded on a mission to make skincare and makeup products that are safe for your skin. Every single ingredient is extensively tested not to burden your body, to be safe for your skin, and support your skin and health. They've even specifically tested all of their products for heavy metals. Beauty Counter has a skincare line for men and women. It meets all your needs. They have an amazing shampoo, conditioner, sunscreen, and overnight peel, vitamin C serums, makeup that's really makeup. It's so good, it's screen ready or perfect for a photo shoot. It's not like some of those makeups where you'll go and it will say that it's been tested for gluten or this and that, and you get it home and you try it, and it's just not as good as the other stuff. This is really good stuff. Someone even told me that Tina Fey wore it exclusively on the Academy Awards, I think maybe when she was hosting it. Thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway, I have Sjogren's disease. I'm prone to eye infections. I have the toughest time finding products I can safely use. Their mascara is the best I've tried, including countertop really expensive brands. They also have a list of products tested for gluten, soy, peanuts, and they have a list to show which products have been formulated without animal-derived ingredients. You know how we all struggle with food labels and ingredients in following the specific carbohydrate diet? Well, did you know that skincare companies in the U.S. can put whatever they want into their products and they don't have to tell you? They can just call it fragrance? It's a legal loophole from the 1960s, and third-party testing often finds many undisclosed compounds which are banned in Europe for toxicity, happily hiding away in the fragrances of U.S. skincare. So I love them. I decided that I wanted to be a part of the company. I would really appreciate it if you'd check it out. Just go to beautycounter.com slash Lee Bernstein and let me know your thoughts. If you find that you like it there and if you find that you like their products, you might consider signing up as a Band of Beauty member. It kind of reminds me of Amazon Prime. It's like an annual membership where you get free shipping and product credit on qualifying orders. There's a welcome gift and some exclusive member-only offers. But for now, just take a look and please let me know your thoughts. I really mean it. I really want to know what you think of it. I am beyond impressed. Uh, And if you research this company, you're going to find that their ingredients are backed by a lot of organizations, including the EWG. Check it out. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for being here today. Take care. 
Thank you for listening and thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find me, Lee Bernstein, through my website at scd4me.com. Four is F-O-R. There's also links to other social media sites there if you'd like to connect with me on those. If you have questions, comments, suggestions for future shows, or if you have an SCD success story to share, write to me at leebernstein at scd4me.com. A reminder, I am not an SCD expert. Nothing on this show is ever intended as medical advice. Everybody's different. If you have questions about you and your body, always speak to your medical profession. In the meantime, I hope you'll always listen to your gut. I hope you'll stay happy, be well, and always be open to being everything life means for you to be. Take care.